everyone, I'm Renee Foles and welcome to the WorkComp Academy weekly news for the week ending September 4th. Here's what's happening in the world of workers' compensation. The WCAB finally issued their long-awaited decision in the Almaraz Guzman case and in the case of Wanda Olgavi. Both cases deal with rebutting a permanent disability rating. In February, the board issued opinions that caused a firestorm of controversy. Employers, insurance companies, and even Governor Schwarzenegger claimed that the WCAB went too far. In April, the board decided to review these cases again. The new Almarez-Guzman decision was published this week and is slightly more conservative, but not quite as favorable as employers had hoped. And parent ratings may still be rebutted, but only with methods inside the four corners of the AMA guides and physicians may not use other medical literature or publications as they could under the first decision. If appeal, Almarez will move to the 4th District Court of Appeal, and Guzman will be heard in the 6th. Both venues are considered relatively conservative by California standards. Most experts expect both cases will be appealed. The Olgaby case deals with the diminished future earning capacity component of the rating formula. In the new opinion, nothing seems to have changed. A complex mathematical formula is to be used to rebut the DFEC table in the rating manual. WorkComp Academy has an online calculator to perform the calculations, which is free and can be found on our website. The federal government is getting tough on drug company fraud. Pfizer Pharmaceuticals has agreed to a record $2.3 billion settlement with federal prosecutors. This is the largest fine ever levied for Medicare and Medicaid fraud. Prosecutors said that marketing fraud cases against pharmaceutical companies have become almost routine, with almost every major drug maker being accused of giving kickbacks to doctors or shortchanging the Medicaid program on prices. Prosecutors have become so alarmed that they have begun increasing fines into the billions of dollars and will soon start charging doctors individually as well. Questionable employment practices were also in the news this week. A study of 4,000 workers in various low-wage industries in New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago indicated that employers were successful in pressuring workers not to file workers' compensation claims. Only 8% of those who suffered serious injuries on the job actually filed claims. One-third of workers injured on the job paid the bills for treatment out of their own pocket, and 22% used health insurance. Only 6% of injured workers actually filed claims. State and federal officials vowed to step up investigation and enforcement efforts. There's a new trend in retail medical clinics that might save employers some money. According to a new study published in the Annals of Internal Medicine, retail medical clinics and drugstores provide care for minor ailments equal to or better than other medical facilities at significantly lower costs. The quality of care was even slightly better than care in emergency rooms. Claims administrators have extra time to comply with the new Medicare reporting rules. CMS reporting requirements were supposed to go into effect for workers' compensation administrators on July 1st. CMS has now delayed these reporting requirements until 2010. A series of conference calls designed by CMS to answer payors' questions actually raised more questions than were answered. 
As a result, the CMS implementation timeline has been pushed back for at least six months. Testing of the reporting system is now scheduled for January 1st, and the first mandatory reports are scheduled to start during the second calendar quarter of next year. Workers' compensation lawyers and doctors are soon to face more paperwork, according to the Federal Trade Commission. In April, the FTC announced that lawyers, healthcare providers, and other small businesses are creditors subject to the same identity theft red flag rules as our credit card companies. As of November 1st, doctors and lawyers must prepare and implement a comprehensive identity theft prevention program for their clients and patients. After this date, the FTC can seek both monetary penalties and injunctive relief for violations. The American Bar Association disagrees with the FTC rule and filed a lawsuit this week on behalf of their 400,000 members, hoping to invalidate the FTC rule. No similar action has been taken by doctors. There's good news for state fund employees and bad news for Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Superior Court Judge Charlotte Woolard ordered that over 6,000 employees of the state fund are exempt from the governor's furlough order and are entitled to back pay. The ruling expands the number of employees who were exempt under prior court orders that applied mostly to state fund attorneys. Yvonne Walker, president of the employee union, called the ruling another crack in the governor's illegal furlough scheme. The union has filed four other lawsuits challenging employee furloughs. The Schwarzenegger administration, on the other hand, has appealed these decisions. And now some financial news. Zurich Financial Services Group reported a net income decline of 53% for the first half of this year. Despite this drop, Chief Executive Officer James Shiro called the company's results outstanding under the circumstances of this economy. The CFO also reported that the company's solvency has never been threatened. In other news, according to the NCCI, total workers' compensation premiums declined approximately 10% during 2008 and slightly over 11% in the first quarter of 2009. Second quarter data is not yet available, but renewals showed continued declines. Experts say that overall, workers' compensation remains a profitable line of business. Now, should we be worried about the health care reform controversy currently proposed in Washington? Paul Matera, Chief Public Affairs Officer at Liberty Mutual, believes that many people have made the comparison between the proposed Obama legislation and the 1990s Clinton administration plan, which would have taken over work comp medical care. Yet, there is no explicit reference to workers' comp in any proposed reform item in Congress, so there is really no need to panic. D Dave North, President and Chief Executive Officer of Sedgwick CMS, believes there will be at least indirect effects of national reform, such as cost shifting, mandated injury and health prevention measures, and some technology requirements, including digital record keeping by claims administrators. Work comp medical costs compromise just 3% overall U.S. health care spending. Okay, that's all our news for this week. Please check our website, www.workcompacademy.com, for daily news updates and online training. 
You may also subscribe to our podcast with your iPhone or your iPod by searching for us in the iTunes Store. Thanks for joining us, and I hope to see you again next week.